Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and in this podcast we will be covering the special package on family owned businesses. India as we all know has a rich heritage of some big big names but this issue delves into some of the lesser known but brilliantly run businesses. Joining me on the call is Anshul Dhamija who has anchored this package. Hi Anshul. Hi Abhishek. Why do you think the subject still merits attention? How different is a family owned business? Okay, so uh, let me answer your question by giving you an overview of what we have done. So, uh, it is believed that family run businesses are doomed once they go beyond the third generation. And there is a reason for it. In the first generation, you have the patriarch taking all the decisions. In the second generation, which largely consists of brothers and sisters, they follow what the patriarch tells them to do but when you come to the third generation which is typically consisting of cousins they do not want to restrict themselves just to the family business and they want to do many other things and that is where things start to unravel and kind of you know uh, go haywire and there is some data on this uh, and the and the data suggests that 13% of family businesses survive till the third generation 13% and only 4% go beyond it and one third of them disintegrate because of generational conflict which i was referring to in the third generation consisting of cousins wanting to do, to do, do something else take taking that data taking that viewpoint in our third edition of india's family business issue uh, you know forbes india kind of focuses on lesser known family businesses that have successfully gone beyond the third generation right one name which is uh you mentioned to me before we started recording this is the is that of neel kamal it's a, it's a household name we have chairs almost in every house uh, the plastic chairs which are ubiquitous even at wedding halls so what's so special about this 2160 crore company now which is being run by the fourth generation exactly so the parik family of neel kamal uh, they have built a brand that has become synonymous with plastic chairs and tables repeating the focus that this issue is based on lesser known family businesses that have successfully gone beyond the third generation and like you mentioned about neel kamal we also have apollo tires which is india's second largest tire manufacturer after mrf then then there is the metro brand which is the multi brand footwear retailer which clocked sales of 1000 crore last financial year and i want to add one thing on metro brand interestingly metro brands is being led by the third generation consisting of only daughters now why i lay emphasis on this point is because even today second generation family patriarchs doubt the abilities of their daughters to take their legacies forward a senior executive who actually helps families with their succession planning actually told me nearly 70% of such second generation patriarchs even today say that their businesses should be given to their sons also want to take you to another very lovely feature by my colleague naini on two amdabad based companies that were set up in the 1940s but have taken varied uh, very different paths um, uh, and have had very contrasting fortunes one is have more which is into ice creams and restaurants and the other is rasna both of which are you know uh, entrenched in the minds of uh, consumers uh, have more and i'm talking about its ice cream business uh, got acquired by a korean confectionery company and of course rasna as, as you know is still staying relevant and 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 that is because of a lot of innovations and diversifications that have taken place 
right. One of the points that you mentioned earlier was that of how the businesses fizzle out after the third generation. One is obviously to do with and well documented in terms of conflicts between the same family. Now, uh, some companies like have more. You mentioned I read. Uh, I, I hope it wasn't a lighter. I'm not sure if it was a lighter or not or a serious one is where they say that the father son believes that if they have any creative con conflicts uh, that is uh, handled by a panel at home, that is their wives. See, each family uh, business has their own way and own approach as to how they're going to deal with conflicts. Uh, the more tried and tested approach is to have a family council, which you see many of the big family groups have it. And it is in this council that takes all the calls, you know, who gets to be in the uh, company, who gets to be in what role. So it kind of varies from family to family. And I, it would also vary on the size, depending on the size and scale. So, you know, as as things become bigger, as the company, you know, grows, expands and perhaps diversifies, you would need a very formal family council out there and maybe not having a bit of a, you know, a informal uh, conversation at home with wives. Yes, right. And yeah. how, how often do you think uh, over the years have family-owned businesses grown to hiring top management from outside? Do you see... Uh, more of that happening, less of it, or has it remained pretty much the same as compared to the time that Forbes India started doing this package? No, I, I think that is quite evident in most uh, family-run businesses that they are hiring professionals to manage it. To what level and to what degree are professionals in the company that, again, would vary from one family to another family, from one business to another business, and depending on the sector. Having said that, having said that, I, I want to bring you to this point of MBAs in family business. Uh, you know, so my uh, colleague uh, Praneet Sarda writes on how the next generation of business, fam the next generation in business families rather, go to B schools, not just to learn, but to also get to network and even transact. I just want to point this out because I, I know many people would, would ask, what is the key difference between an MBA and family business versus an MBA, say, in marketing and finance? The main thing is in an MBA and family business, everything is taught from a business point of view and not from a job point of view. This is sometimes a bit of a fad, isn't it, where uh, wealthy businessmen would send their children to Ivy League colleges. How much of that actually helps? So, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about this generational conflict and when we when talk about this third generation, Many, many professors of man, of management education will will tell you that most of these third generation family business leaders, they're born into wealth and they, you know, they they, they don't get much exposure exposure to kind of, you know, hardships of creating a business to, to be well skilled in how to deal with changing business environments with the complexity in business, perhaps doing an MBA or going to these I I Ivy League schools, I'm sure does help to, to, to some degree. Right. Some, some other highlights, uh, Anshul, before uh, we wrap this one up? Yeah. So I uh, just want to take you through a, another very interesting company that we've spoken about is Borosil. So here is a company that is uh, sprinting towards the 1000 crore annual sale mark. It's kind of looking at the consumer market as opposed to its core market of industrial glass and scientific products. Uh, the whole transformation is being led by by uh, Shrivar Keruka, who's the third generation fa family member of the listed Borisil Glassworks. More interesting is the fact as to how the Keruka family established Borisil. And my colleague Shyam vividly narrates in the story 
as to how the family acquired the company from New York-based Corning, a very well-reputed uh, glassware manufacturer, after a bitter court battle in the 1980s. So we, we, we kind of brought out some very interesting highlights as well as to how these family businesses have actually evolved and emerged uh, through the years. Last point was we, we have this very interesting section of offbeat stories uh, within this thing. And one such story is from by my colleague, Ivya. She has written as to how many of India's oldest family-run restaurant chains, which are mostly run by third generation and beyond, are reinventing themselves. Uh, and importantly, all have gone international. So uh, for starters, if you take Bangalore-based MTR, uh, they have outlets in Singapore, Dubai, Malaysia. Then you take uh, Moti Mahal, which was actually started in the 1920s in Pakistan. It then shifted to India post-partition when the family moved here. They are now present in 18 Indian states, as well as present in Oman, Tanzania, Saudi Arabia and New Zealand. And we have another story as well. It's about the tale of two family sweet enterprises. I'm sure you would know both of them. One is Kolkata's KC Das and one is Chennai's Adyar Anand Avan. While KC Das is led by the fifth generation, it is Kolkata's leading branded sweet maker with revenues of 25 crore. On the other hand, Adyar Anand Bhavan is being led by the second generation and clocked revenues of 800 crore last year. When you say Kesti Das, it's synonymous with Rashagulla, isn't it? From exactly, from, absolutely. And absolutely. we're recording this between two meals. So it's a good time to <laughs> uh, wrap this one up on a and ordering. End problem. it on a sweet yeah. note. On a sweet note, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Anshul, thank you very much for your time and for summarizing this uh, package very succinctly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and all, all your listeners, uh, you can find this podcast on ForbesIndia.com and on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to five one eight one eight.